Hello, Hello Eloise. <laughs> All right then. So we're we're just covering the um, this enthusiasm piece, and we had a few technical difficulties, so I'm not yeah, exactly sure where. Yeah, we dropped out. We were talking yeah. about swapping jobs. Yes, and and uh, I continued, and now I'm kind of off track here. So um, yeah, we're looking at the collective consciousness and your personal consciousness, right? Um, when you think about the devil card, usually that's about our personal uh, blindness. There's something we don't see. So the, the devil also is Lucifer. So it's oferta la luz, offering the light to us. And we often recoil from the light. So even if you Let's say I worked with someone who comes and I say, well, you know, there's a job out there for you. You just need to go and get some interviews, apply. Oh, no, I can't do that. Then I'd have to miss work, et cetera. And, you know, I don't have any more work, missing work days because of, um, you know, not liking my job. So I've been, you know, depressed and down. Right? It just the, the defenses go on and on. So I'm going, look. Uh, take off the morning, miss the pay, right? Yeah. Just, just lose the pay because you're going for your dream because you're going to have the dream plus pay. So the, these these excuses that that we make are, are the defenses against what is possible. And of course, it stems from fear. Um, and it stems from a, an ignorance of, of possibility and we create suffering in our heads, right? We, we have an, an idea that things are not going to work. You know, what if I don't get the job and I lose my pay? What if all of that fails? You know, that's, that's the attitude you don't want to have, mm. right? That's the attitude that doesn't work. It's like, I'm going to seek the, the job I want and live, live my dream. I'm going to seek it. Uh, you find out you're not qualified enough. Well, I'm going to start to take courses that get me there. I will take a job in the company I, I like, even though it's not the position, so I could work my way there. Mm. Um, this idea that you want um, your dream, but you don't have the, the steps to get there, is um, or the attitude, um, and you're really, I think, what, people do is they sort of write out or or visualize the way they're going to get what they want and that is basically telling the universe or telling god your plans right best mm. plans of mice and men tell god your plans and he's gonna laugh out loud right and i say lol from god so it, it, we don't, we're not the ones who write out the way because the way um, is an intricate, let's say, system. I don't want to explain this too much because it's hypothetical and just um, a visual of, well, there's this massive world consciousness universe mm. and everything's working. It looks like a mass. You could say it's a mass of a big mess. But when you when you come down to it, you and I are, are together making a podcast. Yeah. There's, I have electricity. I have internet. It's all working. There are people 
keeping this operating. Tons yeah. of people making it operate. The electricity goes, the water goes, we get really pissed. But when you think of the miracle that the majority of the time it works, yeah, miracle of miracles, that yeah. you, when you see a one-way street, how often do you see someone going the wrong way on a one-way street? How, how often? I mean, I likely can count on my fingers and toes the amount of times I've seen people <laughs> go down the, a one-way street the wrong way. That's how rarely it occurs. Yeah. You would think if the, the, the universe was one, one mass chaotic experience, we'd have constant um, trying to uh, constantly trying to teach people to stay in the lane. Right. Yeah. We don't have to do that. We just don't. Right. We don't have to do that. It's 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 just an amazing. Um, yeah, an amazing thing. And we're not amazed. Right. We're just not yeah. amazed. I, I, People I find, just take things for granted and just, just take it for granted. Work. And really, we should be stunned in the morning that you wake up uh, safe in your bed, meaning your roof is still yeah. over your head. You still have electricity. You get up. You, <laughs> yeah, you can flush your toilet. You can walk out on the deck and look around. And there, you know, I live in a little community with an alleyway, and there, you know, all these little plots and you know, kids, like this morning at 7 a.m., the kids across the way were on their trampoline laughing. And it's like miracle of miracles, you know, the joy of hearing children's laughter. I have my little bird who flies in and cuddles with me. And man, you know, amazing, right? But the minute something doesn't work, you know, we go into this negative uh, viewpoint. Um, or we what we were really covering is the this base fear of making the change and looking at possibility and taking it right you know people always mm. say you know when opportunity knocks you know take it right um I, you know and i don't think it's just uh the opportunity knocking it is knowing what gives you meaning so when that opportunity knocks you take it oh, yeah Right. So it's so I think it's so much easier for people who like to make money, like you're investing in finance and you see an opportunity and you go, OK, there's a risk factor to this opportunity. Let me let me calculate what I can risk, because the possibility of making money is also amazing. Right. Mm. So, you know, you, it, it seems easier because all you're going to all you're going to lose is is this portion of money. Um but yeah, that that kind of risk is a little bit measured, right? You can measure it in dollars and cents and all that stuff. So you can yeah. measure what you want to lose and um, what you're going to risk. It's it's interesting to think of things that way. Oh yeah, um, or buying a lotto ticket, right? Oh yeah, I'll risk that dollar. How many people yeah. lose a dollar? You know, every every few every days. Week. Yeah. <laughs> now it's not a dollar here anymore. It's uh. Oh, it's yeah, it's two, like, two pounds here now. Yeah, I think we're at the same, like three or four bucks, the same thing. Um, I'm really quite amazed that, uh, that we do that, right? But here we go, that risk is so little compared to what one could gain. Yeah. So we make this evaluation. But when it comes to the work you want to do, you're not just evaluating pros and cons. 
you're seeking meaning first. And once you find what gives you meaning, well, now you can find the opportunities that are going to give you that. Hmm. Do, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you so, can't, if something comes up, you won't be able to say yes or no to it unless you know what it is you're seeking on some level. Or what it is you already know that gives you meaning. Yeah. Like if, if working with animals gives me meaning, I'm going to seek and take all the opportunities to work with animals. Even if I'm the, the you know, the, the secretary of a veterinarian's office or I'm the, I'm the one who sweeps the cages. Right? Mm. I'm, I'm there with animals. I'm working my way. I'm living my dream. It's great to be with the animals all day long, etc. Right. So uh, once you have meaning uh, and you, you know what gives you meaning, then you can look at the opportunities. If you, you have opportunities and you're trying to decide, I noticed that it doesn't necessarily give people meaning but they're deliberating on whether they should take it because maybe it's going to work in the end financially. Well, that's no attitude to no, not a good attitude to go into something. I don't really like it. I don't enjoy it, but the outcome could be really beneficial. Hmm. Well, how, how is that ever going to work? You know, people do make misery work, but you're stuck in misery. Right. I've, I've led yeah. a miserable life or you end up, you know, spending all the money you earned on on doctors to get you better or something like that. Right. Mm. So it's really um, finding within yourself what gives you meaning. It has to give you. Uh, I mean, that's really beyond just going to your job, getting up every morning just to make money to make, you know, take care of the bills is just so different from seeking what gives you meaning. And that really engenders enthusiasm. Even, even if you found something that gave you meaning and that dissipates, you might need to find something else that gives you meaning. Because mm. that can change. Of course it can. Certainly. You know, you... Uh, in my life, what has changed is that, you know, before I wanted to uh, work with a lot of people as often as possible. And then, of course, I couldn't handle it. So what gives me meaning now is to work, you know, really long with one individual at a time, oh. you know, slowly and not have as many people. And that gives me way more meaning. I also um, kind of said say okay well the, you're you're doing this kind of work right now not the kind of work I do and before all work is sort of in my field gave me meaning now it doesn't all give me meaning so I I look at someone and I evaluate whether they're ready to work with me or they need to start with with someone else which would be much better for them because they're they're not going to quite get the work that I'm dealing with or working yeah. with it's going to be sort of jumping ahead. So um, actually letting go of some of the work that I used to do has been, you know, miraculous for my personal recovery, for enjoyment, 
for enthusiasm to wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to work with this person today and that person. I got to check on a few clients. We're going to run a podcast. We need to look for subjects. Let's do some studying. Let's listen to some lectures. You know, all of that is really, um, wow, you know, I like the word lovely. You know, it's just so lovely. And I don't need to be motivated. I just look around and see what is it that um, in my discipline of today, what is it that comes up? And I just do it um, because it's enjoyable. And quite frankly, I couldn't enumerate all the, the different things that I need to do, including the rest that I take for my legs yeah. and my spine. You know, at the beginning, it was like, oh, my God, you know, I have to lie here because I'm in so much pain. I can't move around. Whereas now it's like, no, you know, now you've got time and space. Go and breathe for 10 minutes. And breathe into your legs and out. Breathe, you know, I breathe through acupuncture points. I, I breathe into the kundalini. I breathe into the spine. You know, and it really relaxes things out. And then the body naturally gets up. And there's this, because I'm not the doer, I'm being done. And all of a sudden, I'm doing something else, thinking about something else. And, you know, you, yeah, it's just the enthusiasm of living life. And I, I find it so bizarre that one of the things that gives me so much joy is getting up in the morning uh, and organizing the house, right? Because by the end of the day, I'm in a lot of pain. So glasses get left around, maybe the bird seed. I think you can hear the bird chirping in the background. He's, yeah. he's all <laughs> sad that I'm not playing with him and he wants to, he's just like sitting here here he can hear him. So now I'm tickling him so he'll feel good. And um, yeah, so... So we, well, where was I? Um, right, the enjoyment of getting up and cleaning, organizing. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. You know, there's there's my exercise routine that I make the bedroom all beautiful and the bed beautiful. Then I go through the kitchen. I sweep a couple of times a day. And it is so enjoyable. Hmm. It is something I never really took um, the time to do with pleasure. It was always, yeah. I got to do it. I got to make things shine. And, and this, this um, debilitating pain that occurred, I, I couldn't do it. I just yeah. couldn't. So I had to find ways to do the minimum which literally was the minimum to now being able to, Oh, I can fluff up the sofa. It was sounds ridiculous, but I couldn't fluff up the sofa. I couldn't lift the pillow. I couldn't bang mm -hmm. it. So the sofa always looked kind of flattened out weird. Now I can get up and fluff up the sofa and the chairs. And it, I know this might sound ridiculous to everyone, but there is sheer pleasure in doing this. It is so fulfilling and nurturing. Right. Yeah. Um, it just, it's not what gives me meaning necessarily. Well, yes, it does because the self nurturing gives me meaning. I love that. I love my environment to be nice, to be beautiful, to yeah. be clean, to be functional. All these wonderful things that, that go on. Uh, and just the fascination of, Look at that. I have a sofa. Look at that. I have pieces of furniture. Look at that. I, I have cups and, and glasses and 
all kinds of stuff that, you know, we all have, but yeah. we don't recognize how abundant we are having all these things. And yeah, I'm just completely uh, enthralled by how much is there. And, th- you know, this is one thing that, you know, of the last couple of years was tuning into the abundance of the universe. And I felt as though um, there was something that I wasn't able to receive. Mm. Now, I can't tell you how all this changed. I mean, I did a lot of uh, public sessions on abundance, uh, working through things on my own, the shifts and changes of, of my business and taking care of myself, all this nurturing that's happening um it really i can really experience uh this abundance actually finally sticking to me it's almost like yeah there's abundance out there but i'm worried about this i'm worried about that i'm afraid of this i gotta work harder receiving actually what receiving receiving good Good word. That's exactly what I feel is going on in my body is receptivity. And I wasn't, I couldn't quite pinpoint even what that meant. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm there because I As literally <laughs> don't even know what I'm talking about. But the belief that abundance is there, how, how do I know that, you know, without just being told that there's abundance? Well, I look around. Right, you can watch the news, have a particular perception of the world, then go out and live your day. Right, so go to the grocery mm-hmm. store, you talk to the, the cashier and the clerk, you've got your beautiful partner coming home, or people that you know. Wow, everything's working out. So, where is all this conflict? It doesn't mean that it's not there, but it's not the way the news purports what's going on in the world. There may be areas of the world where you don't actually live, if you do live in an area like that, you can consider what's your vision? Where would you want to move to? Again, you have to overcome uh, the fears of change. We're, we're afraid of the unknown, yet the unknown is constantly coming at us, which is such a strange little paradox, right? And so, yeah, there's, there's suffering and there's an enormous, um, especially for us in, in Europe and North America and civilized areas right there's just so much abundance and mm. yes suffering comes even if you live in our little you know quite quite like paradise in many ways yeah mm. uh, quite quite wonderful and we can have a lot of criticism about it sure because um, you can always make something better but it's having the positive attitude right so here i am sitting here in this great living room i've got a bird flying around i've got pictures <laughs> on the walls that i love uh i've got uh, mail the phone yeah you on the phone and i'm looking out at greenery there's yeah. a home across the way but there's a trees in front of my house it's just all these leaves all this this massive beauty and it's all there for me to create what i want within this But that does not um, um, negate that there will be suffering at some point. So I'm looking out at greenery and then winter will come. 
And mm. yeah, it can be beautiful and white, gorgeous. But there's also digging your car out. There's also ice and possibly falling. There's no more greenery. Everything's yeah. white and gray. Light is gone. Sure. Sure, that's, that's all happening. Um, but it's your attitude towards it, right? Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I don't think so. No? Anything, anything you want to share about enthusiasm versus motivation? Uh, I think if you need to motivate yourself, you're probably doing the wrong thing. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can like n- not be enthusiastic about something and still enjoy it. Like sometimes I get out of bed and I've got clinic all day and I'm like, oh, okay, I've got clinic, you know. It's not lighting me up. But the moment I start that first session... I'm loving it. But uh, do you do you go into I've got to motivate myself to get there? No. There's no, no need to motivate myself. Yeah, it's just like it's not like you go, "Oh, whoopee, I've got this client." Uh, I don't I don't think enthusiasm is whoopee either. Yeah. I don't know about you, but But that's a good be- point. It's yeah. yeah. It's it's it, it, so this gives you meaning. So there's always this this place of enthusiasm because um, if it wasn't there you'd be depressed if if you described it that way I'm getting up and going to clinic and well maybe yeah. a little worse like oh my god I have clinic I have all these people mm. if we start to do that um, we may start thinking we need to be motivated to get to work or it can be you still go well no I love this work because when I get there it's wonderful so maybe um, there's something, and not I'm not referring to what you said because you just said, okay, I've got clinic and I'm not, you know, going whoopee. That, yeah. uh, to me, when you say that, it's like, well, oh, by the way, enthusiasm is entheos in God. So you have this meaning, right? And the enthusiasm is, well, I'm connected to the meaning and and what it's going to give me. So I'm supported by, you could say, in God, in universe. So the, the, the singular consciousness and the collective is working together. So you're, you're enjoying it when you get there. The, the pre part can be something different, right? If, mm-hmm. if, if you were depressed, like, oh, my God, I have to go to work. That's not what you said. Please, everyone, don't interpret it. I'm changing her situation to something <laughs> well because if you hear yeah. what you said and then i'm saying this i it's not what you said it is yeah. just um kind of interpreting somebody having to go to work but they like it when they get there but this whole drudgery so something needs to be changed and mm. that would be the the exploration right so yeah. when when i was in pain and going to the office i i love when i'm in session but I, I'm in so much pain getting to the office. And something weird happens when you're in session. The pain goes yeah. away. Yeah. It's like you, you enter a whole other personality and it goes away. So, yes, yeah, something needed to change. And which I did, which allowed me to, instead of um, exacerbating 
the inflammation in the, in the nerves, I was able to get up slowly, not have to go outside, not have to walk. Wow, really stressful. And I but going to my office, I would have to carry my computer because I would bring it back and forth and, and things for the office. You know, there was always water or whatever. Carrying all this stuff was really heavy. I tried to to reduce it. Now I go in once a month and I just take my phone with me and yeah. nothing else. So it makes it a lot easier. I can get up, shower, and just go to the office, do the sessions and come back and then do yeah. all my other sessions online. And that has been absolutely marvelous. It's also, um, I can also do more work for people. So each yeah. individual, um, they would come in for a session. There's a lot of back and forth talking. So yeah. I'm, I'm speaking out the session, then the person interrupts and they go off into their negative thoughts. And, yeah. you know, you've got to work with anchoring them and all this, this kind of work that I do. And then um, oftentimes I can say, okay, we've done that pr preliminary stuff that's, that's supporting them. But because I've seen them in person, it's taking an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to work anymore. Like, I'm really, you know, you can just feel it's all spent. I mean, it is a big session to sit there and work through these things. But when we're online, somehow yeah. there's, I don't know exactly why. I can't really explain it. But, um, well, actually, I can. Not having the physical being in front of me impacts me less. Yeah. So I can work through the session. I can still listen to what they're saying, but then I can say, okay, that's it for today. And then I'll, I'll say, I'm going to go in in three days. You can yeah. give me some feedback. I'm going to go in and give you an update. Right. And that I find is really super powerful. So I'm not drained and yeah. I'm able to uh, come into doing a little bit more days later which i find really works that's just for me not for anyone else this is my personal yeah. uh preference it's the dynamic on the way my intuition works it's yeah. how i work through things i'm not even thinking different you know? yeah yeah and 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 when i when i look at a lot of the ways i do things i keep saying i still don't like the way i'm doing it you know so there's always room for improvement always room to say hey let's let's work with that maybe I'll, I'll go to my practitioner and ask them what's going on there and what do i need to look at so it's really fascinating there's constantly an evolution in the way yeah. we do anything even if you're yeah. a, a carpenter a plumber a chef someone who cleans houses there can always be a better way of doing things you yeah know, massage therapist engineer you know constantly resolving different things we we don't know anything yeah. you know each time i come to a new session come to a podcast i don't know anything and it's it's clear to me you know, even when when i speak i just start feeling all the problems in what i'm saying or the the possibilities so i keep refining what i think <laughs> as jordan peterson says we don't know what we think till we speak it or or write it i mean when you write it's it's completely different i can't yeah. imagine sitting down and transcribing these podcasts and uh the cringe effect i would have 
right? I'd sit back and go, cringe, cringe, cringe. Um, no, says, why did I say that? Why did I say in that tone? Darling? Yeah, and how did I say it? And because what I'm thinking and what I'm saying, uh, I got I've images in my head, and I'm speaking, and I think I'm matching up the image with my words. Uh, and oftentimes I hear and I go, that's not at all what I wanted to say. So, you know, even doing this podcast, because it's verbal, you're figuring things out, right? Figuring a lot out. It's it's amazing what we're figuring out. So imagine you're, yeah. you're, you've got a dream, you've put it together, but you got to figure out a lot of stuff to make it happen. And that's fun. Oh my God. It's it, And, you know, I use the word fun, but I really mean play yeah like we're, we're playing with something and in play are difficult uh, tasks you know when we're mm. playing with our friends we had arguments we tried to figure out how to do something you know if we wanted to put on a play or we wanted to figure out how to sew something uh, or silly cooking right uh, how do you feed a baby how do you pick up a baby how do you change a baby uh, how do we do this uh, game? How do we how do we work it out? Man, I need to get better and better and better at this game. So you keep improving. So you keep doing it over and over again, over again, till you uh, till you make it better. Right? This is what yeah. we do, and it's not easy. It's not like oh, it's so easy, but it's play. So we kind of forget that. I often think people forget mm. that we get to play with things. Right? Yeah. We can really, um, yeah, we play. It's, I, I just love yeah. that. I love that. And just not thinking of play as something that is just fun. It's not. You know, kids playing together is so important for development. Uh, boys fighting is important yeah. for development. You don't want them to beat each other up, but they start to, they're rough and tumble. They argue. They have to do that to figure out how to relate in the world and deal with difficult things. Yeah. Right? If, I, if you keep saying to your kids, don't do this, don't do that, everything has to be fair. And they're constantly told what is fair. They're told how to behave. They're told, not that you want them behaving badly, right? Because mm. you, you know, if, if a kid's behaving badly, they're not going to work out in the world either. So yes, that needs to happen, but how do they develop it? By being told or realizing if I have bad behavior, my brother doesn't want to play with me. Yeah. Or my yeah. sister doesn't want to play with me if yeah. I have bad behavior. So they're oh, already so teaching each other, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone who's, who's ostracized in a group, right? They learn that their behavior, you know, I remember when I was a kid in school, there was this one boy, uh, he, you know, he would, pick his nose and eat it he would just do weird things and he would be challenged all the time to do these yeah. weird things and people wouldn't want to really be next to him I mean if you got your finger up your nose and you're like seven years old eight years old people mm. don't want to go next to you they're you're, you're already now gross right yeah I mean there there are funny things but everybody just went ooh. so he got attention but it's not appropriate attention it's not attention that's going to support him right yeah so yeah. Yeah, we've got to we've got to go through those battles to figure out how we can relate to other people. That doesn't mean that you know it's going to. I'm altering myself to be what other people want. 
I am learning how to work with others. Yeah. Because no one's going to agree with you 100%. Right? No, no one's going to think exactly like you. And even if people do think exactly like you, you may become so defensive thinking, well, you know, Susan believes such and such. Gary believes such and such. You know, all my friends. Well, your friends are going to be like you. That's why they're your friends. Yeah. Right? Uh, your friend, yeah. you're, you're going to prefer the people who think like you. Yeah, um, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that the people who don't think like you 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 can't relate to because they may show up in your workplace, they may be somewhere in your life where you need to learn how to deal with them. Yeah, you know, just saying, oh, so and so acted badly. I don't like them, uh, but that's my boss now. Oh, what do I do? Well, you need to learn yeah. how to relate. You need to learn, let's say, to stand up for yourself. You need to learn to uh, speak clearly. Or, you know, they could come to a point where you say, hey, I'm not, um, I'm not going to stay in this job. This is a bad boss. But mm. you really have to be careful that yeah. when you leave, there, there are two things that happen to people. One is they could leave too early and continue meeting up with the same problems. So it means it's all about them. They're the common denominator. Yeah. And then it some people... Yeah, and then some people stay too long blaming themselves and trying to fix themselves to be what the other person wants, but the other person might be narcissistic or yeah, they might not be. So the clarity comes within you, right? To know uh, who you are and if things aren't working out, well, you can go through the changes. I mean, if I have a narcissistic boss, I'd much rather leave than yeah. stay with a narcissistic boss. But I want to know first that I'm doing my job and I'm not the one necessarily who's going to make that evaluation. Mm. I'm going to have a couple of people like, well, I will. Like if, if my boss says, hey, you know, you make too many mistakes when you're doing data entry. Maybe data entry isn't for you. Yeah. Uh, oh, but I love data entry. Yes, you <laughs> love it, but you're You'll rubbish, at it. it. <laughs> you know, everyone has to correct your work. Um, yeah. there's something you need to figure out and you can go out and figure that out. You know, yeah, well, it's true. I make mistakes. It's true. And I correct them. So I'm costly. I'm slow. Yeah. I make mistakes. Other people have to check my work. I have to recheck it and I keep making mistakes. Oh, look, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> look at that. Okay. Oh, so, so now I need to figure out how to, how to deal with that. Um, that's, mm. that's a really good observation, right? I'm, I mean, it's an extreme uh, circumstance and a little bit weird, but um, you know, there, there's so many things that you can be doing wrong. You could, you know, um, some people wear as a weird example, really old perfume, oh, yeah. and they they wear too much. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, not everyone's going to tell you about it. Not everyone's mm -hmm. going to say to you your perfume is t is too too much for me Thank you. not everyone's <laughs> going to say it it's a good idea yeah. to say it it's a good idea to tell the person hey i have to move away from you because of your perfume yeah. right and you know if one person notices it and says it uh it may work because that person might find that a lot of people are moving away and they might say hey do, you know are you bothered by my perfume and they might say yes Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so if we're bold enough to stand up and see what's going on, if you just say, yeah. well, I want to wear my perfume anyway, well, that's fine. 
do it. Yeah. But you might be you might be ostracized. People are gonna move away from you. (laughs) Right? But that's up to you. I you know, people will do that. Well, I'm gonna do it anyway. I've heard it so many times. I'm gonna do it anyway. Well, you're you want your let's say they're complaining about something that has Mm many practical actions to it they can't see the practical actions because the defense is but that's who i am so it sounds ridiculous to hear it this way when i hear it this way it's ridiculous but when the person is in front of me it's really um Mm. that right i I feel such well such compassion that they can't see that wearing stinky perfume is not you yeah it's something you do and that's fine but if you want to have a better a better connection to your workmates you might want to go into that situation a little less offensively right (laughs) and i'm very cautious about what i'm saying because um you you're doing something that is giving you something more important that gives you more meaning than wearing stinky perfume. Yeah. Right. Or um, the defense that you have, well, people should accept me the way I am. Yeah. Well, you don't accept others the way they are. You should accept them the way they are. They don't like your perfume. Yeah. Or they don't like your attitude or they don't like your body odor. Or they don't like um, uh, your brutal honesty. Honesty. You know, about things that are not their business, right? Uh, You know, I'm trying to think of people who just will be brutally honest about things that are their opinion. Mm. Right? I mean, I can have a lot of opinions about things. But I don't necessarily share it with the individual, depending on where I stand with them. So we're in it. I think of myself as an energy going out in the universe and determining where my energy can go or not go. Those are my, let's say, mutable boundaries. So meeting somebody new, I'm not going to. um, and, And I used to do this. I would go really deep and and be honest and and vulnerable and open and then i would find why are they so i would say why are they so mean like why are they throwing back at me things i've said and i would Mm. really sit around looking at that and why are they doing this and why don't i know anything about them so 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 my belief was if i share and i'm open with you you're going to be sharing and open with me no 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 some people really like that and some people don't care they're not going to open up and whatever you tell them, they're going to say, well, mm. you know, when you said this, they're not going to be self. Um, they're not going to examine self necessarily. So uh, just my point being is that our boundaries are constantly shifting and changing. There isn't a particular boundary that we need to have and keep it and hold it rigidly. That's really a defense. Mm-hmm. So, so we are, um, kind of running around the world, always figuring out where we stand. When we're triggered by something, 
it's that we expect things to happen in a certain way. So it's, it's easy to look at that as traffic, right? Someone's not driving the way you uh, want them to drive. And then you become angry or you become um, annoyed, frustrated. It's all linked to anger because they're not driving the way you want them to drive. And yet you don't notice the big picture that everything's moving. Even though this guy's a little bit slower, he's driving his own way. Uh, you know, I, when I say that because I always wonder why when there's traffic, like back, bumper to bumper traffic, uh, once in a while, I come up upon a person who leaves like two or three car spaces between <laughs> them and the other. And, yeah. I, and I sit there and I go, gosh, you know, there's this huge lineup of people uh, and the traffic wants to move, yet this person has now created two spaces yeah. that um, could help the traffic move. So mm. sometimes when I see the global picture of, hey, guys, you know, help the traffic move, I look at myself and go, this person doesn't. Yeah. This person doesn't see that there are other people, doesn't see that, you know, he or she is not the only one. And uh, it calms me down. I go, Joe, it's just a, I have compassion that they don't have the full perspective mm. on what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got to shift around. That can be running through traffic going, wow, look how cool this is. We keep going and it keeps moving. And when it doesn't, and I see someone not supporting it, yeah, I go, what's wrong with you? And then I have to sit back and go, wait a minute, not everyone is going to perceive all the things we are, we've been talking about in the last uh, few podcasts, right? Right. So I think that's a good place to come to an end. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, and let's see what comes up from everyone. The next Please. time. Yeah. Yes, Tell us. I, I look forward to your, your questions, thoughts, remarks, and trolls. Yep. Trolls will be deleted and blocked. <laughs> that is a choice you can make. If you're trolled, delete, 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 block. What is it? Block, block, block. Well, it's an important one, right? Because a lot yeah. of people, you know, they, they start to engage with a troll. They start arguing. How could this be? When you've got to look at yourself and say, I, I prefer not to have this person chattering uh, yeah. on my podcast or Facebook page, yeah. right? I don't need my mother and father, uh, meaning the government or the Google employees to tell me whether I want to hear this person or not. I just don't listen to them. Though I yeah. know people are free to do what they want because people might not like what I do. Not and that's fine. We're, we're all kind of, I love the analogy. My, my favorite analogy is we're all little flowers. You know, and in our perception, some of us are weeds. <laughs> and you could be a weed or a flower at any point in time. Mm. You think you might think you're a flower um, or you might think you're a weed, but you're both. Right. Yeah. Depending on who's perceiving. So it's up to you to have the attitude to perceive I'm a flower. And uh, I'm going to go out and build around that. And when a weed mm. shows up, I can deal with it. And there are many ways to deal with it. So weed shows up on Facebook, block. Yeah. <laughs> I say that because a lot of people don't know that. They want mommy yeah, and daddy. True. They need mommy and daddy to do it. 
And I, I understand I have a lot of compassion for when someone doesn't do it because inside they're ambivalent about themselves is their own insecurity. Yeah. Good. I, yeah. All right. Talk next time. <laughs> yes, we will. I don't know what we're going to talk about next time, but we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Yes. Okay. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. You too. Bye. You too. Bye.